Hi, this is Steve Thomas, pastor of the First Baptist Church at Delray Beach. Welcome to our podcast. We study God's Word to apply it to our lives in order to make a difference in this life and in eternity. We hope you enjoy this message. We cry out, we cry out. It's wonderful to see people in this room. I just have to tell you, I know that as Phil shared with you, some of you are like, you know, uh, you just want to be here. And some people who are watching us online right now are thinking, you know, I just don't feel comfortable. Some are working, and I appreciate that too. But for me, I have to tell you, it's wonderful to see your faces live. Uh, it so helps. So even if you make, you know, a pained expressions when I'm preaching, that's okay. I just like an expression, right? Anything at all would be great. Um, so if you look at me like I don't know what I'm talking about, that's okay too. Just glad that you're here. Now, I want to give a couple shout-outs today because I know some people are listening or watching online, and they, they know they're working. Uh, Datiana Echeverria is, is listening today. Uh, my neighbor, Reddy, who lives down the street from me, I believe is going to be watching today. And uh, Angel Cruz, Marsha's husband, and uh, uh, Channing and Ariana's dad is watching us in Man of War today. So praise the Lord for those of you. And I want to say this. If you're watching, would you just let us know you're there? So if you would put something in the comments that says your name and you're watching. If you're watching on YouTube uh, and you're not able to do that, if you would just drop me an email, I would just so love to know that you're watching and be able to celebrate with you uh, that we're worshiping together today. You can email me at steve at fbcdelray.com. We want to be as together as we can even while we're separated uh, because of this virus. Also, may not be aware, but if you have a smartphone and you're here, or you're at home and you have your smartphone, your laptop, your, your tablet, your desktop, whatever you're watching on, sermon notes are available on our website. So you can follow along uh, with those sermon notes. For you here in the sanctuary, they will be on the screen. But I uh, just wanted you to know that we are providing that for you so that you can have a sense of walking along with us as we worship today. It's a weird time, amen? I mean, you have the virus, and we're having all these cases, and every time you turn on the news, which I don't recommend ever doing, it just gets you, doesn't it? And if you consider the racial tension in our culture today, you're probably thinking, my goodness, what is going to be next? I want to encourage you regarding your brothers and sisters of color and the different races that we have even in this room today. The most important thing you can do is have a real conversation with someone different than you and actually listen to what they're saying and understand and care. Um, but this is such a time that is exhausting. Let me ask you, are you exhausted? I mean, this whole time in our culture just can be crushingly heavy. And you kind of want to wake up every day thinking it's, it's all over. And we can just move on. But our lives, in our lives, we can find ourselves to be just completely tired and exhausted. Um, I, I've been quoting this book quite a bit lately, but John Mark Homer says in his book, The Relentless Elimination of Hurry, he starts asking people, how are they dealing with life right now? And he makes this statement. He says, if the results you are getting are lousy, anxiety at a simmer, mild depression, 
high levels of stress, chronic emotional burnout, little to no sense of the presence of God, an inability to focus your mind on the things that make for life, then the odds are very good that something about the system that is your life is off kilter. Something is not right. And some, it's easy for us to say, you know what, it's just the season. It's just the season that I'm going through, and I've just got to get through this season. But let me ask you, how long has this season lasted so far? How long have you lived this life that is just really, really stressful and you're almost at the level of depression and you just feel burdened and you keep saying every few days, I'm just exhausted. Let me tell you this. The world is not likely to change to make your life more refreshing, relaxing, and restful. You must change the way that you interact with the world. It's an old business principle that says every system is perfectly designed to get the results that it gets. Think about that. Every system is perfectly designed to get the results that it gets. In other words, the system has to change in order for the results to change. I know many of you today have incredibly difficult things you're dealing with. There's burdensome things in your life, and you may be saying, well, that's easy for you to say, Steve. But I want us today to look at the invitation of Jesus Christ, Matthew 11. Because he clearly intends for us to live a much different life than culture drives us to live. You see, our world, our culture, constantly wants to get us cranked up, get us excited, get us confused, get us scared, get us upset, and that's how the whole world speaks into our life. But Jesus has a much different invitation. Look with me, Matthew chapter 11, beginning in verse 25. Matthew chapter 11, beginning in verse 25. Now, we spent the last three months talking about the Sermon on the Mount, which is the fundamental teaching of Jesus. And some people received it, but many rejected it. Some people said, oh, this is great. This is a new way to live. It's a new way to understand how to please God. But some people rejected it. And just before this passage, Jesus is speaking, and he says, Oh, Corazon. Oh, Bethsaida. Oh, Capernaum. If the, if the, the miracles had been done in you, I mean, if the miracles had been done in Sodom and Gomorrah and Tyre and Sidon that were done in you, they would have repented. But you rejected me. So he's speaking in the context of being rejected by many. And listen to what he says in Matthew chapter 11, beginning in verse 25. He says this, At that time, Jesus declared, and this is kind of a public prayer that he prays, he says, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to what? To little children. To little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. Here's what we need to understand about how God works. He hides things from all of us who think that we already have it figured out. He hides himself from those of us who are prideful and think that we really get it completely. 
So if we want to understand Jesus, we have to come to him as a child. Now when he speaks of little children, what he means is those without understanding, those who are very humble, those who don't already have an under, they don't already have it figured out. This is what you want of me, God. And they're, they're coming to Jesus saying, I need to learn from you. I need to receive from you. We often come to Jesus with our template of how we want him to be. And we kind of come to him with our hands like this, holding him back, rather than our hands like this as a little child. God, whatever you want to put in there, I want to have. Whatever you want to take out, I want you to take out. If you're not hearing from God right now, the best thing you can do is get humble like a child. It's the very best thing you can do. Just like a child come to you who relies on you completely. They rely on you for their shelter, for their clothing, for their food, for their teaching, for everything. Are you coming to God that way? If you're not, you're very likely missing what he wants to give you. Because you've already decided what you need from him, rather than receiving what he wants to give you. So the first thing we have to understand about the invitation of Jesus to rest is that he hides things from the prideful, but he gives to those who are childlike. So there's a lot of children here today, so you might want to just follow one around after the service and see how they function. And we may have to do that. Maybe our activity after a while. So thank you, children, for being here. It's awesome to have you. Um, verse 27, he goes on. In this prayer, he says this, All things have been handed to me by my Father. And no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. I love that picture. Jesus says, I know you, God the Father, and you know me. And I can reveal you to anyone that I choose, but I cannot be bypassed. See, Jesus is the connection. It's just like John 14 where, where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. I'm the only way in. I have the ticket. I have the connection. I'm the gatekeeper. I can connect you to the Father, but no one else can. It's an exclusivity that Jesus has. He says, if you reject me, you reject the Father. If you miss me, you reject the Father. So the question comes, as I look at this passage, all right, if Jesus is the only way to the Father, how do I get in on that? And he answers that question in the next verse. Verse 28, how do I connect with the Father? How do I benefit from the relationship that Jesus has with the Father? He says this, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And this is where I want us to focus today. He says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. That word labor, ladies, it means what you think it means. If you've had a child, you know what it feels like when you're laboring. 
And it's really a word that's more exhaustion than just working, right? You say, well, I'm going to labor, and it's really fine, or, or I'm going to work, and it's fine. This is laboring to the point of exhaustion. You've given everything you've got, and you kind of run out of gas. Have you been there lately? You've come to the end of your ability to do whatever task and whatever role that you have. And you've come to the end. Maybe you've watched the news so much, I can't watch anymore. I don't know how to live anymore. I don't know how to function with my neighbors anymore. I don't know if I should go outside or stay inside. I don't know what to do. And you kind of get to this place where you're like, I'm just exhausted because of the burden that I've been carrying. The burden of my life. Just my, my regular life is so hard that I'm so burdened, I'm so exhausted, I don't know if I can take another step, I don't know if I can take another piece of bad news, I don't know if I can take another day, and we get to the place that we need rest really, really badly. Have you gotten to that place? Jesus says, if you have, I have really good news for you. See, it really requires us to get to that place before we will ever come to Jesus. Because if we don't get to that place, we pretty much think we got it figured out and we really don't need that much from Jesus except for maybe a few pointers about how to live or how to be successful. He says, I want you to come to me when you get to that place where you can't go on. Where you finish up, say, I've done everything I can. You see, when we come to him, being exhausted at the end of our own ability, he says, I'm going to provide rest for you. I'm going to give you my yoke. And Jesus' yoke is what he means by that is a way to live or a way to carry the weight. And a yoke was really important as how it fitted the animal, how it was strapped to the plow, And also, as Julie was saying earlier, as to who you're in the yoke with. And Jesus is saying, I want to be in the yoke with you, and I want you, I want to help you carry the load that you've been given. And when you step into Jesus' yoke, he says something amazing. He says, I'm giving you a lifestyle, and I will connect you to the rest of the Father, to the Father and his rest. So you have to, Jesus is saying, you have to come and choose my lifestyle, my way of living, or you're going to miss the Father and his rest. See, Jesus gives us this yoke, this lifestyle, that connects us to the Father and his rest. Here's what we have to understand. If your life is constantly at that place of exhaustion, you're constantly at that place where I just don't know if I can carry on. Most likely you're missing the Father and the rest that He wants to provide. Now I'm not talking about that you just get to go sleep all the time. The rest that He's talking about is the rest of a meaningful work that you're able to do. It's a lot of work, but it's meaningful and it's not crushing because Jesus is doing the heavy lifting for you. You see, most people want the Father, and they want the rest that He wants to give, but they don't want to live the yoke, the lifestyle of Jesus. 
I, I, gee, I really want that rest and I want to walk along with Jesus, but I just don't know if I want to live like that. I don't know if I really want to live the way Jesus lived. I have some other ideas about that. You see, something really important, though, happens when I come to the end of myself. I must die. I have to set aside my yoke. My goals, my dreams, my purposes must die so that I can pick up the dreams, the purposes of Jesus Christ. That's got to be the way it works. See, a lot of times we get to the end of ourselves and we blame the situation. We blame the cultural disaster. We blame other people around us. When in fact, what Jesus wants us to do is to fall at his feet and lay that burden on him. You see, Jesus doesn't often lift burdens from those who keep trying to carry more than they're able. He doesn't come alongside you and you say, you just keep going. I just got to keep going. I got to keep carrying this burden. He doesn't lift it until you realize you say, Jesus, I, I can't carry this anymore. I need for you to carry it for me. I need for you to carry this burden for me. And each task requires another level of this type of death. Um, each task requires that I come back to him. And let me give you some examples. You say, well, Steve, I don't really understand what you mean. I, what's the yoke of Jesus? What is he expecting me to do? How do I live? You see, each area of our lives, we need to think, how did Jesus live this part of his life? Let's just think for a minute. How did Jesus handle time? How did he handle time? He had no watches, which I think was probably a good idea. They had no smartphones, right? All they really had was the sun, and they were kind of thinking through what time it is, but how did he handle his daily schedule? One of the things we see in Jesus' life is that he was never in a hurry, was he? You don't see Jesus saying to the woman with the, the, the bleeding problem, hey, I've got to go heal a person who's about ready to die. You just, just put, put a bandage on it. You'll be fine, Right? I'll be back later. I got to go. I got someplace else I got to be. Oh, Jesus was never in a hurry. Think about that. How many times have you hurried this week? How does hurry impact your spirit? How does hurry impact your time with the Lord? There's many times in, the, in Scripture where Jesus is pictured as going off in the middle of the night for solitude to be with the Father. It may cost you some sleep, and that may be the only time you can have with the Father by yourself. But I want to encourage you, time and how you handle time needs to align with the way Jesus handled his schedule and his time. How did he do his day? And how would Jesus do your day if he were you? How did Jesus handle work? Jesus had a great work ethic, probably from the time he was a carpenter. But you see him in his ministry, he just kept going. He worked hard. He was constantly ministering to people to the point where he couldn't even eat, to the point where he fell asleep in a boat in the middle of a storm that threatened to sink a bunch of very seasoned sailors. Think about that. Jesus worked hard. 
But he understood what his work was, which was to help manage the creation of God. And he had it in the right perspective. How did Jesus handle people? Jesus saw people as the mission. Jesus saw people as needing to be heard, cared for, taught, developed. He saw people as the mission. See, this is the lifestyle of Jesus. How did Jesus see money? Talked about it a lot. He saw it as one of the things that would separate people from God because they would worship money rather than God himself. Taught people to be generous. You say, well, didn't, did Jesus have any possessions? I mean, how did he deal with possessions? How did he deal with wealth? He didn't seem to have anything. Well, we know he had some really nice threads, some really nice clothes. Because when he was crucified, they, they didn't want to tear him up. They actually bartered and, and threw dice in order to see who got it. So Jesus wasn't against possessions, but he understood they weren't to possess him. And he kept his focus on God. How did he deal with relationships? Again, people were worth suffering for. They were worth the pain. They were worth going to the cross for. Relationships are what matter. Well, what about disappointment? Some of you are struggling with that right now. What about the disappointments of life and the challenges of life? When you think about the way of Jesus in those disappointments, it's a way to let Jesus bear more of the burden. And oftentimes when we have setbacks or disappointments, it's time to say, Jesus, I need I, this yoke, I need for you to take more of the yoke. And suffering Suffering is a normal part of life. But it shouldn't crush us. It should be a way for us to say to Jesus, I can connect with you even better now because I've suffered. And suffering is a normal part of of our lives. These are just the ways that we walk with Jesus. And as you read the Word of God, think about how Jesus lived. How did he live his daily life? What was the yoke? He's saying, come to me, take my yoke, learn of me. Learn of me. And that word learn as the word that would be used for a rabbi teaching. Learn from me. I want you to walk with me. I want you to live the way that I lived. See, when we live this burden life, we miss knowing the Father and the rest that he provides. So I want to encourage you today. Would you come? Would you come and live the life of Jesus? I want us all to know his rest and to know his Father. And you may say, Steve, my life is just too busy. I just can't do that. I want to encourage you. I I just want to, today, would you say to Jesus, Jesus, I want you to take over my burden. I want, to, I want to fit into your yoke. I want to adjust my life. I want to adjust my time, my money, my relationships, my work, all those things to handle them the way you would handle them and to trust you with what I cannot handle. Would you do that today? You say, well, Steve, I, I don't know how to get there. I don't know how to get there. How do I do that? Very simply, spend time with Jesus. That's how you come to him. Spend time. You're going to have to cut it out somewhere. You're going to have to cut out 
phone time, you're going to have to cut out TV time, you're going to have to cut out sleep time if you have to. You're going to have to spend time with Jesus. And secondly, you need to spend time with people who live like Jesus. Who do you know that lives this way or that is seeking to live this way? You say, well, I don't even know how to connect with people in this age of COVID. How do I do that? You know what? There is a phone. There are texts. There is Facebook. There are Zoom meetings. There are FaceTime. There are, actually, it's kind of easier to connect now in some ways because people kind of expect that. You're going to have to spend time with people who are living this way. And then thirdly, you need a lot of practice. You need to practice a lot. Um, I was talking, Scott Vidalabine was sharing with me about his role as a plumber and, and learning from people and also teaching other people. And you don't learn, Scott, do you, by just someone telling you how to do it. You have to be able to actually practice doing it. You have to put stuff in practice. How do I deal with this? How do I handle that? It takes a lot of practice. So when you start to feel overwhelmed in an area, all right, Jesus, how do I need to handle this? How would you handle this if you were me? In a very restful, relaxed way. Jesus, this is a crisis maybe today. How would you have me handle this? How do I respond to this? How do I act the way you would act and if you were me? I'm getting, I'm running out of time. I'm feeling hurried. You just need, next time you feel hurried, you just need to stop and take a breath. Jesus, I don't want to be in a hurry. Because when I'm in a hurry and when I'm overwhelmed, I'm missing you. I'm missing you and the life that you want to give me. Spend time with Jesus. Spend time with others. And listen, to spend time with others, be a part of a life group. If you're not, please email me, steve at fbcdelray.com. It's all about how we connect as people. Many of you are a part of this. Some of you watching online today, you need to join a group. You say, I've never even been there. That's all right. If you've never been to this place physically, we can still connect you. We so want you to be around people who are trying to live this kind of life, this life like Jesus, who are practitioners of the life of Jesus. You may say, well, you know, I don't know, because if I get in a group with people... A lot of people know a lot more than me, and I'm, I'm new to this, and I've heard this a lot, but I want you to know those are the people we love the most in our life groups because it reminds us where we've come from, and it reminds us how God works in people's lives and how he grows them up to live the life that Jesus wants us to live. So today, how's your soul? You see, this is how we regain our souls. Jesus says this in this passage. Let me just go back to this real quick. Verse 30 says, For my yoke, no, it says, For I am gentle and lowly of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Is your soul weary today? You're not just tired on the outside, it goes all the way down to the depth of your soul. Jesus says, come to me. Will you come to him today? Some may need to come for the very first time. Some online may need to say, you know, Steve, I've never really come to him. I've tried to live kind of a moral lifestyle, but I've, I've never experienced being unburdened by Jesus. I want to encourage you today. You come. You can email me at FBC, uh, steve at fbcdelray.com. If you're here today uh, in person, love to chat with you after we're finished today. 
come to Jesus. He doesn't intend for you to live that overwhelmed life even if you have an incredibly busy life. He wants to take that burden from you. Would you pray with me? Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to our website at fbcdelray.com. Also, click the share button so you can share this message with a friend or someone in need as we seek to know Jesus, to know others, and to make him known. We cry out, we cry out.